welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I am your host, Lupna, and I am flying solo on this one. The Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. And boy, do I have an amazing guest for you this week. And I know, I know, I know, I say this on every episode, but let's be honest, every entrepreneur who loves sushi is a great person. And this is thanks to another guest that we've had last year, Lisa Zorodny, for introducing us to the amazing Katrina McGee. I do hope I pronounced your last name correctly. She is a career break and sabbatical coach who helps nine to fivers design mind blowing breaks to create happier and more fulfilling lives. Her clients return recharged, inspired, happily employed and forever changed. Katrina, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited. that I've heard a little bit about you from Lisa. So this is going to be interesting. And maybe she is watching right now or listening to this episode right now. So Katrina, are you ready for one of the most important questions of this podcast? I'm ready. What's your favorite sushi and why? Oh, okay. I am obsessed with the simplicity but amazingness of a good eel and avocado roll. That is my jam, eel and avocado. I don't know why. That is like my fave fave, but we might talk about this later. But I have recently come around to the beauty of salmon as well. I think, is it sake? I think on the menu when you order just the nigger. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I was a late comer to that one, but that really hits the spot sometimes. Cool. And why is that your favorite? Yeah. So for me with the sake and sort of coming around to that, I took a trip to, so I'm digital nomad, been traveling around the world. I'm sure we'll get into that, but I traveled to Sao Paulo at the end of a 14 day transatlantic cruise with 300 other digital nomads. And I had never been to Brazil before and I had time to kill. And so I discovered when I got there that I think it's the largest population of Japanese people outside of Japan, like is there in Brazil and their sushi is phenomenal and also really affordable. And so I went to a sushi restaurant and decided to just do it up and try a bunch of things. And it was there that when I was just like, I'll have one of these and one of these. And when I had the salmon, I was like, who knew? Who knew it could be so simple and so good? I think it's the buttery finish for me that does it. It's just like, it just like lingers in just the right way. I don't know. It just did me in. And I was like, I got to do this more. Oh, well, you might be very surprised to hear, but one of the co-hosts, Woon, who is also the podcast producer for this podcast, he told me about a year ago, he said, did you know that the salmon is not Japanese? I know. I actually saw that on your podcast on the episode. I watched it. I was like, I refuse to, I refuse to believe. I actually do believe it, but my brain can't process that. But I didn't know that until you had shared that. And so I was like, I don't want to know this. I had a similar reaction. I'm like, no, that can't be it. So I totally get the Salmon Rings association for that. So, but yeah, no, that's a funny story. So question number two that we'd like to ask our guests is when did your sushi journey start? Were you born this way or? Yeah, absolutely not. So, you know, I am in my 40s, Gen X here. So sushi was not really something that you found outside of cities when I was growing up. I don't even know if in cities. And so it was this very sort of elusive thing that I 
just started hearing about, I think like in high school, I grew up in rural West Virginia. So we did not have, you know, sushi restaurants. And so I didn't really know anything about sushi. And, you know, growing up in a small town, I was like, that sounds kind of gross eating raw fish. Like who does that? That's just not appealing at all. But my sister grew up on the opposite coast with her mom. And so she grew up in like Berkeley, Oakland area. And she was a sushi lover among other things. And so I was visiting her and her friend in Florida and they ordered sushi. And I was about 17 years old. I can't remember if it was my senior year in high school or right after I graduated, but they ordered sushi and they ordered like, you know, a bunch of things. And she was like, do you want to try it? And she's my older sister. And so, you know, I like the things that she did, but I also was like very skeptical. And I was like, I don't know if I want to try it, but my older sister's doing it. So I'm probably going to do it. So I ended up trying the sushi and I was like, oh, this is all right. This isn't so bad. And then the more you eat it, the more you start to appreciate it. And soon after that, I had a boyfriend that was obsessed with sushi. So we started like having like a weekly date night at the local sushi hangout. And I got to really explore and try some things. I love that. I have weekly dates with sushi. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. No, really, it is interesting. The majority of our guests have started their sushi journey later in life. And almost always, it's because someone else introduced them to it. Someone else who loved sushi and said, well, you can try it. And whether you go for the raw fish immediately or you're still thinking, I don't know if I can get past the whole raw fish idea and start with a California roll, which is yeah. the starter sushi for everyone. Yeah, um, that was my starter sushi too. The California roll is where I started. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why. I but it's could, just, yeah. I could have guessed that one based yeah. on my experience. And honestly, I would recommend everyone to start with the California roll. It's the easiest way to start into that journey. I love that. So one of our goals with the podcast is to give our listeners and watchers insight into your personality. So question number three is, if you, your personality, were a sushi, what would the ingredients be and why? And you can choose whether you choose an existing sushi or you build your very own. I like it. Wow. This is such, okay. So this is really fun. All right. I feel like I'm going to be a two ingredient sushi roll. Can I be a two ingredient sushi roll? You can be, it's your personality. Okay. So first ingredient, we'll start simple, avocado. Avocado, because I feel like if you like it, you really like it and you want it on everything. But if you don't like it, you don't like it, right? But a lot of people like it. And when you like it, you really like it. And I feel like it just makes everything smoother, better, more enjoyable, right? It just goes down so nice. You get some scrambled eggs, put avocado on it. You get some tacos, put avocado on it, right? So I would say first ingredient, avocado. Second ingredient, I'm going to go king crab. I'm going to go king crab. It's a little bit out there. I think Connie, right? The imitation crab is really prevalent in a lot of sushi, but I'm kind of like an upgrade from that, right? Like it's like well-known, but not. And it's kind of like the like souped up version. And so it's like, oh yeah, but did you have king crab? So I'm going to go king crab avocado. Okay. So you said avocado first. And because you either like it and you want it on everything or you never eat it again. So what does that tell us about you? Oh, okay. So I feel like I have a pretty energetic, pretty outgoing personality, especially when I'm meeting new people. And so I think a lot of people really dig my energy. They really enjoy having conversation. I'm pretty animated. But on the off chance that that's not what you're looking for, (laughs) I think you'll just be like, yeah, you know what? She was a little much for me. And not even in the, 
overwhelming way, just kind of like, yeah, no, she's cool. But like, I don't really understand what she's talking about, like taking breaks and like living your dreams and being courageous. I feel very comfortable in my bubble. I'd like to stay in my bubble. And she just makes me uncomfortable with her very animated, over the top, like happy, sort of like live your best life type attitude. So yeah, so that's why I say avocados. I think that's what we can take away from my personality. (laughs) Cool. And the king crab, that is going up leveling. Yeah. What does that tell us about you? I think I have been on a journey my entire life to really stretch myself in what is possible. And I think on the outside, right? Like King Crab, Crab, we've all heard of it. You know, like you would say, okay, I think I know. I think I could figure her out. I can guess what her story is. But when you meet me, you learn that you actually don't know my story. My story, just so many levels of crazy adventures, awful things I've had to overcome, amazing, wonderful things I've created. And so I think it's kind of like I have been working my whole life, right, to ask more of life, to ask more of myself. And so I've been up leveling in that way. So from the surface, you might be like, okay, I think I know what this is about. But then you try it and you're like, I had no idea. It's so much better than I even knew. Love that. And now for the magic. What kind of sushi is this? Is this an agiri? Is this a maki? Is this a hand roll? Or is this a poke bowl? Or maybe even something else? How are you going to assemble all this into something that we can take a bite out? Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be maki because... I love poke, love poke bowls so much, but it's really about the essence. It's going to be like held together. They're going to come together. They're going to co-mingle and you're just going to have this most delicious bite, right? So the bite has to be perfect. You can't have just the avocado or just the king crab. You got to have it together. You got to have the perfect bite. So I'm going to go with maki. Oh, and would you recommend people that are tasting this specific sushi, any additions like soy sauce or ginger is the in between? but wasabi or anything else, a crunchy element, or is it pure? You're going to put a tiny bit of wasabi on it with a splash of soy sauce. That's what's going to happen. But gluten-free soy sauce because I don't need gluten. But yes, that's what's going to happen because it's going to just give you like a little kick. It's going to be a little kick that makes you go, oh, okay, just adding another layer. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I still have a plan to create a book around all of these amazing sushi recipes. And I think I'm going to do that because I can't imagine that not happening. So, Katrina, you said you're a digital nomad. Now, I know digital nomads. I know people who are digital nomads. But for those that are watching or listening and thinking, what is that? Yeah, it's like simply put, digital nomads make their money online, right? So they make their money virtually. So they have location independence. You can live anywhere. That doesn't mean you're always traveling. It doesn't mean you really have to travel at all. It just means that your work is, you know, independent of where you are. And so we're all utilizing the internet in some various way to connect with people and to make money. And there's so many ways to do that, but you basically have the freedom to work from a laptop. So if you have internet and you have a laptop, you can do your job and you can live anywhere. Oh, well, that's something that a lot of people have been experiencing from home in the last 18 months. What that is like to be a digital nomad. You can say more people became a digital nomad because a global pandemic forced them to become one. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I hear stories of people who, you know, decided to go somewhere for six months, you know, like relocate or, you know, go in a camper van and just slow track to the other side and come back over the course of a month while they were working. Right. And so that is technically like, you know, being a digital nomad in that way, even if temporary. Oh, I love that. I love that. I find it very enticing and compelling to label myself as a digital nomad. But I guess it's true. I do most of my work through the internet. There's not love travel in the last two years, but 
well, let's hope we can get back to that. So mm. the last part of our time together, Katrina, I would like to focus on what you do. And I introduce you as a career break and sabbatical coach. What is that? Yeah, it's a great question. Many people ask me that question. So I'm a certified life coach. I spent 15 years in corporate life. I have an MBA. I did the business school thing. I did all the good check, check, check the boxes. First career actuary, second career market researcher. But I ended up taking a career break that changed my life. And so when I came back from that career break, I paid off all my debt. I got certified as a life coach and I started helping people do the same thing because I saw how much it changed my life. And not just in that moment for those 20 months that I was on a break, but all of the ripple effects that came after, right? Becoming debt-free, living a better life, being more clear on what was important to me, finding financial freedom within myself, right? And so as a career break coach and sabbatical coach, I help people design breaks that will give them everything they need and more, right? Like if you design it well, you define what success is for you and you create an experience that gives you everything that you need. But not everyone knows how to do that. In fact, a lot of people don't know how to do that because it's counterculture to how we are trained and raised and brought up and conditioned to think about our lives. And so, you know, I do a lot of advocating for people to really let go of their whole entire identity being wrapped up in their work and really get to know themselves, reconnect to themselves, heal the burnout, take time, take time to be a human, live your life fully, enjoy life now, don't think you have to wait for retirement. And so basically people hire me to help them make the plan, help them find the courage, help them shift their mindset so they can take a break and so that they can take a break that is super successful, that is regret proof, and that creates an opportunity for them to come back and have an even better next chapter. I love that. And as you were sharing that, I wish I had done that myself, but I didn't. My journey brought me to full-time entrepreneurship after a corporate career for many, many years. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's really important. And it might be even true that for a lot of people, they have they've had that break because of the global pandemic. Because as much as when you go to the office, you get distracted by work and colleagues and everything that happens there. But by working at home, you are on your own. So you've got more lonely thinking time. And there are many articles that have appeared that says for a lot of people, this has been a period of reset and reflection and recharging and thinking about, is this how I want to spend the next 5, 10, 20 years of my life doing what I'm doing today and how it's impacting my life? Would you share some tips for people who are thinking, yeah, I've been thinking that I've got a little bit nagging voice in the back of my head telling me, is this it or is there more to it? Yeah. Okay. So the very, very first thing I recommend for anyone that is thinking about a break, wondering if it's right for them, wondering if this break is really worth it, is to get clear on your purpose. So I do a free training where one of the first part of the free training is five questions, five really simple questions you ask yourself to get clear. But fundamentally, you know, separate of those questions, you need to know why you're taking this break. You need to know why you want it. You need to understand what would it have to give me to be worthwhile. And when you can answer those five questions, you become clear on, okay, if I was to take a break, this is why I would be giving up the things I have now. This is why I would be stretching outside of my comfort zone. And this is what I would need to create for it to be worthwhile. And then you can evaluate, right? What is your life with this purpose fulfilled? And what is your life without this purpose fulfilled? Or is there another way that you want to fulfill this purpose 
besides taking a break. Spoiler, usually it's taking a break. <laughs> it's usually like, it's just a matter of giving yourself permission to do it. And for some people finding the finances and saving to do it. But outside of that, most people really do want and need a break. We're not machines, we're humans. We're supposed to be taking time off, but we rarely get to do that. I mean, especially here in the US, it's like not even really a thing. It's like, hey, take your one day every month off, you know, and just like breathe real fast and, you know, like do a little meditation and go to the spa and come back and run real hard again. It's just not part of, you know, how we're brought up. And so getting clear is the fundamental thing that will help you understand what is it that I really need? And if I did take this break, what am I trying to create? Right? Because you can't create success if you don't even know what success is. Yeah. So what are the variety of success definitions that you've seen from nine to fivers who are contemplating a break? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. So I like to think of success as far as designing a break as themes. So we talk about themes and this again as in the free training too, but we talk about themes as needs. And I like people to have four, three or four, no more than four, right? Four is like kind of a magical number, but three is okay too. But I don't want you to overcomplicate it. So when you think about what are four things this break has to give me to really meet my definition of success, right? What is it that a successful break has for me? And what are the things I'm trying to create more of in this experience? Things that have come up from both myself and especially from my past clients, things like learning. Sometimes people want to go on a learning journey. They want to learn more about themselves. They want to acquire new skills and not just for a career progression standpoint, but from a, I love to learn. I want to learn how to speak a language fluently. I want to explore pottery. I want to paint. I want to, you know, reconnect with parts of myself. Connection is another one that is widely used. So connecting to both ourselves and others, especially with the others, right? Building a sense of community, reconnecting with people that you've lost touch with, or that you just don't have the time to keep up with, creating a slower pace where you're able to just really enjoy time with other people or meeting new people. A very prevalent one is healing. For some, it's restoration, sort of a version of that, but it's about coming off of 10 years, 15 years. You know, it could even be five years of a grueling pace where you were running further and further away from yourself, further and further out of alignment, right? And it's about really needing to come back to center before you move forward on a new path that is more aligned. And so it's that healing, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual. I mean, I've had clients that have focused on all different aspects of healing, but that definitely is a very prevalent one. And then one of the other ones I would say that's really popular is adventure and exploration. So for a lot of people, it's travel, right? It's like, I want to go see other cultures. I want to go immerse myself in other cultures. I want to just see the world. I want to feel alive. And it doesn't have to be traveling all the way around the world. It could just be across the country that you live in to the places you've never been, right? But cultivating that sense of adventure, curiosity, and exploration. Oh, I love those. I really love that. So learning, you hit the nail on the head with that one, because I have a love of learning. I learn Mm -hmm. always. And I can't believe that people even doubt the fact that lifelong learning is a thing. Connection. Oh, I can so see that for a lot of people that has been the biggest challenge in the last 18 months than ever before. So I love that healing. I wouldn't have guessed that one per se, but I can imagine it, especially if you've wrapped your identity around your work and you've so attached yourself to that instead of seeing it as a vehicle and adventure. God, I love that. And it reminds me of the five regrets of the dying. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's what I connected to. How many people regret the things that they haven't done. And the very first thing was not, I wish I had worked more. (laughs) 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Never. Mm -mm. I don't think so. Cool. And you target nine to fivers who want to go on a break specifically, right? Yes. So I really love to help people plan longer breaks, right? I like to design them. That's why we have four themes, right? They're usually taking between six to 12 months off, although some take more time. I myself took yeah. 20 months and some of my clients have taken two years. But, you know, I really want that decadent amount of space to really feel fulfilled. And so, you know, what I know from being an entrepreneur and from also having worked with some entrepreneurs is that if you love your business or you're creating your business, you're not taking six months off. That's not a thing. And so I definitely have created resources and I'm actually going to be launching a workshop soon that is about taking a mini break, right? Like a one week to one month break. But typically most of my clients are nine to fivers because we're talking about a longer term break. And so I recognize that, you know, for all of us entrepreneurs, I think breaks are still critical and necessary. And there's a way to design it to be massively restorative and massively like refilling our cup and full of inspiration. But that time period is much shorter because, you know, we're working on things that we love building. We're working on things and we're sometimes oftentimes the one, right? It's not like we're going to push this work off to the team, you know, so just understanding that and how can you design a mini break within that to still give you the essence of what a career break would give you, but to do it in a shorter time frame so that you're not burning yourself out. Because another thing I know firsthand, right? It is so easy to hit burnout as an entrepreneur because you're always going, especially if you care about what you do, it can be your life. And so it's like for fun, I'm checking my email for work. I'm checking my email. And now suddenly the lines are really blurry and I'm always working, right? Yeah, no, especially if you love what you do, then you don't see it as work. Right. That could be both fulfilling as well as very dangerous because yes. where are the boundaries between all of the other aspects of your life? Exactly. Cool. So when was the last time you took a break? Oh, that's so good. I'm taking a break at the end of the year. So I basically have committed to not taking any new three-month clients through the end of the year. I have some now. They're amazing. But I am purposely giving myself the month of December into January off just because that's a time to restore as well and to really think about how do I want the new version of my business? How can I improve? How can I process this whole year and a half of learning? Like as my business has grown, you know, the things I want to incorporate have grown and I want time to read books and have new thoughts and make myself even better for my clients. And so I think it's important. Like I said, you can get so much out of a break. So I'm planning to take my own advice and take a break in a couple months. I love it. And I love that you said taking a break, not only for self-care reasons, so really to recharge, but also to reflect on the next level of you, of your life, of your business. Yes. So it's goal oriented. It's not like I think that most people have an idea, of, but if I take a break that I'm doing nothing and that just doesn't feel fulfilling. I mean, that would kill me, for example, because I'm thinking, yeah, but let me do something. Let me at least achieve a goal. Even if it is, I want to read five books in the next two weeks that I'm taking a break or going on vacation or whatnot, but there's, there's still something and you're using that time wisely. So Katrina, yeah. as we are coming up to the last couple of minutes of our time together, anything that you have not shared that is important for our watchers or listeners to take home with them? and do share how people can connect with you. Yeah. So the one thing I would say I would like our listeners to take away, especially being, you know, that we are entrepreneurs, is that there's immense value in taking time off, even if it's just a very intentional, you know, week off. Like we all need it and we benefit from it. And I just want to offer that productivity is not just 
the external things we produce. There are times where all of the benefit is happening inside and it just takes a while for it to come out to the external. But you know, when you think about people having babies, right? And it's like for nine months, they're creating a human being, but from the outside, it looks like nothing is really happening, right? There's yeah. like, it looks the same on the outside, but external production is not the only definition of productivity, right? Like there are times where resting, restoring, taking walks, meditating, really focusing on a new morning routine, journaling, really connecting and processing can be massively productive even though the external benefit is not immediately, you know, like not immediately poof in front of your face. And so I just want to offer, right. When you think about, could I take a week off? Could I take a couple days off with intention? Yeah. Set goals, but also don't feel like you have to fill it with things that look productive on the outside. Just ask yourself, like, what do I need this time off to give me? What is it that it would give me that would feel really good? And if the answer is rest, that is okay because if that's what you need to jump back in and do the thing that you do and make the money, right? And have the success, then give yeah. yourself what you need. So just really giving yourself permission to, to just really be honest about what that answer is. And then, yeah, as far as connecting with me, I love to connect with people. I love to talk about all things break, success, happiness, all the things. You can find me on Instagram at McGee Coaching. I show up there all the time. I've just undertaken my own 30-day challenge. It's a personal challenge to do reels every day for 30 days. And I had done, I think, zero before. So it's a very far outside my comfort zone. But you can come hang out and watch me watch me learn in real time um, on Instagram. And then I also have a website, which is McGee Coaching. That's K-M-C-G-H-E-E coaching.com. Cool. Well, we'll make sure that we add the links into the description with this episode. Katrina, thank you so very much for joining. Yes. Thank you for having me, Livna. It was really fun. It was a fun interview. Thank you. Thank you. And for you, that is either watching this or listening to the audio version of this. Thank you for choosing to invest your time, energy and attention in watching or listening to this episode. I do hope that you have found it of value. And if you have, then you would make us both really happy by sharing your biggest insight or takeaway in our Facebook group, The Entrepreneur Sushi Club. You can find the link to this group in the description with this episode, whether you are listening to it on your favorite podcast platform or watching this on YouTube. And again, if you found this valuable, then please do share it with someone else. You might know some nine to fiver who is looking to have a break, but doesn't know where to start. You would be doing them an enormous favor by sharing this episode with them. And do come and hang out with other sushi adoring entrepreneurs in the Entrepreneur Sushi Club group on Facebook. And for now, I wish you a very, very, very happy day. Have fun, remember, and I will see you on the next episode. 